Yeah, thanks for those WhatsApp voice notes. And and I think, you know, the other question is really around, so why not, in you know, install an alarm system, at least so that, you know, it can trigger some form of response every time there is a break-in if they are, uh, you know, fearing for the safety of those security guards. And that's in relation to a story we did in the first hour of the show, uh, a school in the northwest, Tirelong Secondary School, that has been attacked by burglars at least five times. And each time they've completely stripped the school. It continues to be repra- repaired. But, um, you know, the, the vandalism and the theft continues to the tune of around 800,000. The costs of repairing it, of course, have been much more than that. And is it one of those situations where the chaos is benefiting some people, which is why they continue uh, to ensure that uh, whenever there are attempts to repair, they steal yet again. So yeah, we'll leave it there with that issue for now. And uh, let's go straight into our municipal watch feature for today. And today we're looking at local councillors. I thought it would be a good place for us to start because I know that when we continue with this lot throughout the year, we're going to hear from a lot of you who are complaining about what it is that your councillors are not doing, uh, complaining about the lack of service delivery, et cetera, et cetera. But it is good for us to actually try and know and understand what is the bar that we should be holding these individuals to. Following the local government elections, there are many people who would be taking up or who have taken up the posts in various councils. And yet some of them, it may be their first time in these positions. And uh, they too are being taken on a journey of learning and understanding what their role is in communities, but also uh, within the various councils where they will be working. So the local government association, and that's SALGA, last year had revealed that about 62% of councillors had lacked basic computer skills uh, to, perfor- to perform tasks, including a passing municipal budgets. You can imagine how concerning this is, uh, especially as municipalities are backing to provide basic services to their communities. Salga, of course, deals with this after every municipal election. They also conduct nationwide uh, councillor induction programs to upskill the councillors and make sure that everybody at least is on track in terms of knowing what the expectations on them are. And uh, we'll we'll speak to Salga about uh, some of these programs that they run for councillors. But today we're joined by Fikile Kasa, who is the chairperson of Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Uh, Mr. Kasa, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and uh, listeners of the We've also decided to invite onto the show this morning somebody who has a good track record when it comes to being a counsellor. Of course, it was good that we get somebody who can speak from experience, but also who has got, you know, the awards on their wall to prove it. He's a regular caller on this this show, Mike Massina. He's known mostly as Mike from Middleburg uh, to you as our listeners. But he's the former executive mayor of the Steve Chwete municipal, mu- municipality. rather. Uh, Mr. Massina, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Uh, good morning, Katie. 
Thank you so much for having me and good morning to Mr. Kassa. Yeah. So we're starting a brand new year and, uh, you know, yesterday we, we started off just looking at some of what we see as a state of disrepair, sometimes roads or different infrastructure that we will come across within our communities. And while the excuse for now may be that construction companies were closed, I think, you know, within a month or so, it is not unreasonable to expect that potholes that were there on the 1st of December need to be uh, at least closed and there must be an effort to help and, and improve the state of affairs in communities. Mr. Tlasa, there are many municipalities that are sitting with new councillors and people who are doing this for the first time. Uh, how long does it actually take for one to fully come to grips with the role of being a councillor? Uh, well, it depends first on the... I, I imagine that Salga would have done some assessment of what uh, capacities do they have, these ones who have just been uh, uh, elected, and uh, the level of uh, uh, competency and uh, familiarity with what is supposed to be done. Mm. And uh, uh, so I'm sure out of the program of Salga, uh, this is what will give us hope as to how the new councillors are going to cope with what we expect from them. Generally, we, we expect them to have some understanding of uh, what it means to govern in a democratic state, and what it means to be accountable to those who have elected you, and the provision of services to communities in a sustainable manner, mm. and uh, focusing on social and economic development of the communities. In other words, the local government is very close to communities, so they can't govern without them. So that interlink between communities and councillors is going to be very critical. It might come from the general experience uh, as, as, as political activists, uh, but uh, besides, besides that, then competence and capability is quite critical. And I think Salka comes in handy. And I'm sure also the Department of Culture is participating in that program. Mm. Oftentimes, yes. when it comes to, again, the installation of new councils and when residents try and hold people accountable, there is that lag where whoever's in charge will say, well, this is our first term or we've just taken office um, in December Give us a chance. Give us time to try and find our feet and correct the things that um, you may have identified as needing correction. How long realistically is it, should it be before communities are able to get a sense of responsiveness to the issues that, that they are raising when new councils have been formed? You see, unfortunately, uh, with government, it should always be continuity and change. So in other words, there's no 
specific time where we can say communities give them an opportunity. For instance, mm. as the oversight committee in Parliament, we have uh, somehow allowed time for councils to establish themselves. And uh, that is as much as we can allow because uh, we're not starting government. We are continuing, but obviously after every term, there will be those who are new who are coming into it. Hence this program to build capacity and to refresh those who have been there before. So in other words, I can't say specifically communities will have to wait for them. I can only go to the extent of saying wait for them to establish themselves properly, to say who is the mayor, who is the executive, mm. uh, consolidate their administration. But it can't be uh, an arrangement that says uh, we must allow time. In other words, everybody is coming in, government is continuing. But generally, because I speak from Parliament, and uh, we, we are supposed to support municipalities, especially as a portfolio committee, insofar as legislation is concerned. And I think the content of this program will help councillors to understand what laws are there to help them to do their work laws that are supposed to be executed. So in other words, you, you, you can't say you'll start implementing the laws after five months. No. Immediately, municipality has been established. The expectation is that there's mm. been administration that was there. There are some councillors who have been part of the system, and there are also those who are new. So in other words, the Yes, it would be. You see, fortunately, municipalities are working with communities. It would be the understanding of the community because there's communication between the council and communities as to when can we now begin to say we expect services mm. as of yesterday, by the way. That's why I'm saying it's continuity. Uh, but also there might be changes as we experience now. So that means that there is no point post the constitution of councils where it is reasonable and justifiable for um, councillors to say, we have not had an opportunity to respond to this problem or to that problem because we are still trying to find our bearings. That is an unreasonable explanation to give to communities. Like I said initially, uh, the executive and legislative authority of a council resides with the municipal council. And that, uh, that uh, the council has got administration. That one assumes there's no interruption. Mm. Uh, because there were elections, and I'm equally assuming that even in the election of uh, councillors, you would still have continuity, but equally you'd have change. But government generally continues. The people expect services. You can't postpone 
to have water. <laughs> you can't say we are postponing because there's a new council to have electricity. You can't postpone to say we won't have uh, uh, roads uh, because there's a new council. Mm. So in other words, offices are there. Uh, the services are supposed to be provided by the council through its administration. Fikile Kasa is the chairperson of Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. And he's really set a context, uh, you know, for this conversation. And as far as the expectations that as residents we can have of uh, of our councillors, uh, especially some of those newly installed councillors. But you heard it's about continuity. Even though there is change, there has to be continuity where service pro- uh, service delivery is concerned. Mike Massina, the former executive mayor of the Steve Tretter municipality, is also part of this conversation. We'll be hearing from him. You know, we've heard what it should look like. Realistically, what how, uh, what is often the direction that is taken by councillors and what does it take to truly be a councillor that is in tune with the needs and the expectations of communities and somebody who's actively trying to invest in those relationships. Mike Massina will give us a bit more for now. It's 11.30. Let me take you to Luyanda Maume who has your latest news update. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point for our Municipal Watch feature today. We're starting off the year looking at, you know, expectations for councillors. What are the expectations that we can and should have of our councillors? What can they do that is enabled in the legislation? And it's really a good starting point so that when we hear excuses and reasons for why this cannot be done, why that cannot be done. We have a clear understanding of where it is as citizens that we're being taken for a ride and perhaps where it is where we may be unreasonable if in fact there are those instances. So we're in conversation with Fikile Kasa, who is the chairperson of Parliament's Portfolio uh, Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Uh, we're also speaking to Mike Massina, who is the former executive mayor of the Steve Trete municipality. Uh, Mr. Massina, or Bra- Mike from Middleburg, as we know you here on the Talking Point, uh, good morning to you and thank you so much for being available. We always hear from you sharing different insights, uh, uh, you know, relating to different stories. But today we're talking about something where you actually have a lot of experience in. Yes, yes, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, interestingly, Katie, uh, as I listen to Mr. Kasa, um, I'm sure he knows as much as I do that uh, you cannot preempt democracy at times. For an example, here in Middleburg, uh, you had the ruling party getting zero PR councillors, which means, uh, by and large, you have new ward councillors. And uh, that being the case, uh, what does it mean? It means that um, you have to rely heavily on the technical support from the administration. 
And that is where the issue I have always been stressing of ensuring that uh, you recruit uh, suitably qualified personnel comes in, you see. If you have a, a solid administration, you will get a good technical support uh, so that uh, there will be no excuses, you know, in terms of uh, service delivery with regard to uh, issues like water, electricity, roads, sewerage, uh, and general cleanliness, you know. So uh, in a nutshell, you know, KP, um, much as... Uh, we, we we rely on democracy uh, that gives us, you know, the councillors uh, or the politicians who are going to run a, a local institution, uh, but uh, also to the larger extent, it is important to have a good history in terms of um, running a good administration, wherein you ensure that the uh, your administration mm. uh, has got the skills transfer, uh, and you also have a succession plan. I think that will help, you know, the newly elected councillors to acquaint themselves. There will be no excuse to say, hey, we are new, give us a chance. So uh, they will be benefited, you know, by the administration. Uh, yes, maybe one or two councillors who have been there before can also add, you know, in the equation. We know that oftentimes the delivery of services at a municipal level has become politicized. So when you talk about skills transfer, um, I can very well see a scenario where those who are belonging to a certain party that maybe is not in power anymore would not necessarily want to transfer some of those skills because it's not in their political interests um, to have whoever's taking over succeed, and, and yet it is to, to the, de- the detriment of that community. That is where, Katie, the question of uh, patriotism comes in, you know. Uh, regardless whether I belong to the ANC, DA, EFF, uh, as a community, we must actually uh, prioritize the development of our municipal area. We must have uh, the interest of our municipal area at heart. Um, for an example, uh, just to make an example, here at Steve Twitter, when uh, a very capable municipal manager, Mr. Bolifusche's uh, term of office was coming to an end, uh, we realized that the uh, there was no succession plan and there was no skills transfer. So what I did, I made a proposal uh, to the REC that uh, I would like to create the deputy MM's post so that uh, Mr. Velifushe can stay for maybe two years or so to transfer skills. Well, unfortunately, um, uh, uh, the REC did not share my vision. Hence, I escalated the matter to the PEC that was led by um, the, 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 the former Premier, Titi Mabusa, who is the, 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 the Deputy President currently. And he supported me. And what happened, uh, we allowed Mr. Fouché to stay for two years more, 
and then we created the deputy MM's post. And then we appointed uh, a guy uh, by the name of Mandamgoni, and uh, he actually exceeded our expectations in terms of performance uh, because uh, we continued with our uh, record of good and clean governance. So uh, the question of patriotism, as I indicated, comes in here, Katie. Uh, you put aside, you know, your narrow political party interest, and then you prioritize the development of uh, the, the municipal area. I think in that regard, we can all think from the same page. Mr. Tkasa, I want to bring you in here because oftentimes what one sees happening within the term uh, of, 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 of office that councillors have is that during the run-up to the election, they're obviously very visible, going into people's homes, needing those votes. But something happens between the time that they're elected to when they actually have to be in office. And there seems to be a, a breakdown of, of those relationships with, with communities. What, do, what, what position do you as a parliament, particularly uh, within um, the, 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 the cocktail sphere, what position do you take on that? I mean, do you keep a close eye on the kind of relationships that councillors have in their communities? How do you deal with the fact that oftentimes residents feel that, they, that they're dislocated, that they, they don't have a voice even though they have appointed or elected these people? Thank you very much, Kathy. I... I think every uh, time we look at uh, how we are performing as government and which areas would we want to focus in terms of uh, uh, changing our approach, I think we do recognize that there's a distance that is always developing between government, especially at local government levels, and communities. And uh, I think it's something that we don't appreciate. It's, it's something that we want to close. I think the governing party, the ANC, uh, adopted an approach where it said uh, communities should actively participate in uh, uh, selecting a candidate. That's an attempt to close that gap. And equally, there are what committees that get uh, um, uh, uh, elected uh, in the area of the ward, which are actually part of this collective that the councillor is supposed to work with. But despite all of those, uh, we still need see the need for uh, us to assist the councillors to realize first that they are public representatives like us as the members of parliament. And uh, generally, there's no way you can actively participate in the council if you don't know what members of your community think about issues, what are their needs, what are the challenges they are confronting every day. So hence one uh, would, would actually say, uh, we generally agree that we'll have to find uh, means as public representatives, like councillor, to have this uh, condition.
continuous engagement with communities about their needs and continuous communicating back to them as to why we are confronting such challenges, resources uh, that are limited, and uh, besides that, what are we doing? So in other words, uh, I think there's a general uh, indication that uh, we would want to prescribe, uh, the law prescribes actually in terms of what kind of meetings councillors should have with community. But I think that should be taken as a minimum. Uh, but generally, all the time, public representatives must be with communities. We must understand how they think. We must also understand what are the challenges, and together with them, be able to tackle such challenges. If they are, they are problems, they must be communicated with their communities. Mm. so that they can understand, so that we can minimize some of these uh, uh, demonstration, service delivery protests. Well, those are clear indications that we do have that breakdown of communication between public representatives. In other words, uh, whilst I am a member of parliament, I regard myself as a public representative. I regard councillors as public representatives. What we are actually encouraging is active citizenry. The people must not uh, allow us to do as we please about issues that are confronting them every day. That is why we have some of these challenges where people, because we are not looking at how those who have been entrusted with responsibility are delivering services to us, are managing resources that are meant to deliver such uh, 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 services. That is why you have these waste stages. That is why you have corruption across. That is why you, so, which is becoming, you know, a center of focus now. And I'm saying it must not only be a focus of, uh, of government, the people themselves, because we're talking about public resources mm. here that right. are meant to, to deliver services to mm. communities. Mm. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll take your calls on this conversation as well. You can uh, dial in on 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107 and Twitter at SFM Radio, the hashtag SAFM Talking Point. And we're focusing on the issue of councillors, local councillors for our Municipal Watch feature. You know, Mike, this issue of the relationship that breaks down between these uh, councillors and residents. It is such a strange phenomenon because these are people who are supposed to be living in communities. These are people who have been elected into office because on some level they know, they understand the issues. And yet they become the very same people who are unavailable when communities uh, need their intervention, who are unresponsive, which is why we end up seeing the protests that, that take place. Why, why does that happen? What leads fundamentally to that breakdown in the relationship? Yes, can I come in? Yes, yes, go for it. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, <clears throat> uh, it really takes the basic leadership skills uh, because um, if you, you you cannot respond uh, adequately, you know, to the demands, uh, the hues and cries of the community, uh, you might as well find a way, you know, to hide away. Uh, so my view is that it is very, very important that uh, from the onset, you know, uh, they receive these uh, basic leadership skills. Uh, but of course, that also speaks to the selection of councillors. And uh, that is very political because it is very possible that uh, you might uh, elect or democracy can give you uh, someone who is um, uh, not ready, you know, uh, to be elected. Uh, This person must must take time, you know, to acquaint himself. So democracy can deal with that particular person. So, but my view uh, in a nutshell is that uh, if councillors are well trained uh, with regard to generation of the IDP, uh, which flows, of course, from manifesto and uh, how it must correlate uh, to the budget, that will give the councillor enough ammunition to go to the community and uh, say what he's got to say and explain himself. But also, in addition, Katie, I think um, it is also important that councillors are trained to adhere to legislation Mm -hmm. because uh, that is one area where they've been found wanting. And uh, if they are not uh, trained, you know, uh, in terms of legislation, obviously they will utilize common sense uh, and uh, and run away from legislation, and uh, consequently, they will not be consistent in what they are doing, and that can actually provoke the community to protest. Because uh, if in what uh, one you do things according to legislation, but in another word you do things differently, you use common sense. There's going to be contradiction, and that can actually make communities to rise up in protest. Mm. So are you saying that part of the reason why we see councillors sometimes running away from communities, not wanting to engage, is because they fundamentally don't understand the issues very clearly themselves. So they are unable to express to communities why it is that Uh, you know, a road in Ward B, like you're saying, was fixed and why Road C was not fixed? Very, very true, Katie. And uh, I think the sooner we we somehow depoliticize, you know, some of these things, and Mm. then we'll get it right. Uh, Because uh, you you have Katie, and Katie um, is capable, Katie uh, is well grounded, you know, uh, with the community. And then for some other reason, you sideline, Katie, uh, you take Mike uh, because uh, you know that uh, Mike will listen, will not question anything, and then you put him in the deep end. And when these things happen, uh, you do not get the, the desired result that really is needed, uh, you know, to, to meet what the community needs. And then as a result, of course, you will have this abuse. So it is important that uh, first and foremost, uh, the selection of councillors, you know, is done correctly. But also secondly, 
there must be training. It must not just be a one week. I, I, I really do not agree with this uh, one week training where people gather and then they have catering, they go home. Uh, you find that when it matters most, when they have to apply the knowledge that they, they were trained for, they are unable to do so because mm. the training was not adequate. So this training actually must be adequate. All right. I've got a number of callers lined up ready to contribute to this conversation. Let me kick it off with Anonymous in Mafikeng. Anonymous, good morning. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. Kathy? Yes. Can you hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. You're live oh, you on the radio. Oh, you are very, very, very good. But, Kathy, if you can hear me, say hi to your visit, uh, your, your guest in the studio there. But, Kathy, it, what is important for me is I'm working for a municipality. And I can tell you that I am aware that councillors know exactly what they're supposed to do. Do you hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can. Now... Basic understanding and comprehension of legislation, they know. And uh, the training that the, the office, your guests, they're speaking about, one day training. No, councillors currently are taking through a training that we call CPMD through Vets, through Vets Business School. They are, it's a year's program. It's about eight, nine months program. It's extensive. deals with strategic planning and all those financial matters. But what I wanted to raise is, Casey, <coughs> Councillors know exactly consciously what they expected to do. The problem with them, especially the executive committees, the type of instruction they give to the CFO, the municipal manager, and the supply chain are problematic. Mm. If they say KC must be appointed into a certain, certain project, you go back to them and say, but KC's document doesn't comply. Then they have a problem with you, they fire you. Now, at least they must try to teach. I don't know where they can be taught, councillors, to say, if they want to empower certain people or certain businessmen, make sure that their documents at least comply. Because if they don't comply, they won't get that project. Secondly, when you appoint one of their own in a particular project, Casey, you appoint them, that project, they have about 30 or 60 million runs. They will say they want 50% of that project. Mm. Definitely that guy will never, ever deliver that project. Mm. And that's why service delivery is impacted. Mm. Now, I don't know where, you can, where they can be taught that if Kathy is appointed for 60 million project, Kathy is not going to work away with that 60 million project. Obviously, Kathy, there should be cost to the project, the establishment, and all those other things. And at least Kathy's profit there is going to be about around 6 million. If they at least say to him, from the 6 million, that is your profit or the money that you're going to work away with, this is how much that we want. But what is killing the uh, project, uh, successful project, and, 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 and service delivery is that. Councillors and officials in municipality some they demand 50% of the project after the person has been appointed. So it's difficult to deliver services there. Mm. That's the area of concern, case. Oh. I don't know how that can be dealt with, but that's a serious problem not only here but throughout the country. You get appointed today, build a road, build a school, build this, build that, run 50% of the project. How do you expect that particular person to deliver? Oh. So it's deliberate. They know these things. It's deliberate, it's greed because they want money, Casey. Right, so I don't anonymous. know where they can be taught. That either. All right. Anonymous, I think you've made the point. Um, we're going to have to leave it there. I've got quite a number of callers lined up. So if you can, please just try and keep it uh, short and sweet for me. But a very important uh, point that Anonymous is raising there. In Peter, Meritz, Peter Maritzburg, rather, Esau, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Casey? I'm well, thank you, sir. 
I'm fine, thanks. Mm. Uh, good morning to your guests. Katie, I've got a problem here. I'm living in Kitamarisberg, and uh, I had a problem whereby we uh, have the land that was uh, belonged to the farmer. So we, we, we occupied that land, and after municipality decided to uh, bring the development. So when they were cutting aside for, the, for us there, then they, they, they built my neighbor's house in, into my yard because his, his, his house was going to be, uh, uh, they were going to build the, build the road there. Mm. So, but now when we find out that my neighbor is, is building his house with a, with a brick, brick house, so they decide not to demolish the house, but they still build his uh, uh, house in my yard. So now I went to the municipality to, to, to try and get some uh, assistance there. What, what can I do now? Because in my house now, the, the pillars of, the, of, the, of my, 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 my side is, is, is on the corner of the house. So when you open the door, you can't go outside. You can't even take one step to go outside. All right. So now they, uh, yeah. they, uh, they promised to say that they will come and, 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 and see. They came, they see, they said, no, hey, this is, is wrong. We need to be uh, sort of rectified. Mm. But after that, they, 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 they went for good. Since 2007, up until today, I went to all municipalities, mm. municipality manager, mayor's office, uh, every office that you can think of, but I have never got the help. Now I, 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 I want to know if those gentlemen, how they, they can advise me where to go to sort this problem out. Okay. To get All help. right. All right, Esau, let's leave it there. Um, we'll give them a, an opportunity to respond. Let me go to Gio in Gio, rather, Gio in the Eastern Cape. Gio, good morning to you. Uh, good morning and compliments to you and the listeners of the SFM. Thank you. Yes, Kathy, uh, one of the things I'd like to share with you is that people do listen and make an informed decisions about who should be in the council. Mm. For starters, remember when I kept calling you of what we do here? Yes, Gio. People awarded me to be a councillor in the local municipality because it's within their right whom they vote. They never voted for the, the organization that was winning in this area. But they chose, they, the only thing we did was to educate them that you need to look at the person who is capable to ensure bring these things you're looking for, respond to you, give you feedback as because as a councillor, you are employed by the voters. Nobody else is employing you. Even the organization you are in, you are registered under it. But if people don't vote for that individual candidate and whom they've seen is doing well, you won't be able to get the seat. But for the, for, 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 for the sake of the time, is that uh, we, are in a, we are in an era of the fourth industrial revolution. If you're telling me, do you think if this report from Salga is saying 60% mm. of the previous councillors were not able to use technology, now we are in the techno space and we're still going to be given to say, let's, let's accept deployment that is not going to be in competence with the past. The, the, the parliament is sitting visually, uh, several meetings are sitting visually, and if someone is still struggling just to tap in in that space, you need to ensure you balance between the ward councillor and the PR councillor. It's particular to type B and type C municipalities All right. All right. because that is where you can get the feedback that is mm. appropriate.
Gio, let's leave it there. Erwin in Mbombela, good morning to you. I have... Good morning, morning, Katie. <laughs> Mine is simple, man. Yes. Look, there should be a minimum requirement first before one to become a counselor. You must remember, there you are not running as far as a shop, you are not experimenting, but mm. you've got people's lives and livelihood in your hands. So there should be that minimum requirement. And then again, we need to do away with this uh, thing of saying free water, uh, free hospital, mm. free electricity, all those kind of things. What we need to do, there must be 50 rand levy on everyone who receives an income in South Africa for water, 50 rand for electricity, 50 rand for hospital. So that we can have a country like when you look at a country like your uh, Norway and uh, those Scandinavian countries, you just check them. They do tax people higher in terms of petrol, but then again, go and look at their uh, public institutions. They are all functioning well, they are serving the people. So the times of prevaricating and not calling a spade a spade must have passed now. Now we need to face the truth that we really need something from our government all right. uh, at all costs. Thanks all right, so Owen, thanks for that call. Yeah, we've got so many callers on this issue and unfortunately not enough time. Uh, let me quickly just go to um, Mr. Tassa. We'll continue the conversation with Salga next week uh, also because there's just so much interest in it. Uh, Mr. Tassa, I've got <laughs> less than two minutes to wrap up the show, so if you can just uh, keep your concluding remarks for me short, um, I'd really appreciate it. But especially if you have any advice for Esau? Well, thank you very much, Kathy. I think the questions, uh, most of them, they are reflecting uh, how communities uh, feel about uh, the local government. And uh, all we can uh, indicate is that uh, we agree with them generally. Uh, but uh, the last caller that talks about the uh, uh, no free basic services. You would have to understand that uh, we have got a history that is causing us to respond the way we do. But otherwise, generally, I agree with all of them to say there is need for building capacity, but uh, for people who get elected to have some capacity. Mm. All right. And the uh, communities to choose people who are capable to respond to some of the issues they raise. So generally, uh, I would say in concluding, uh, councillors, they must be trained, yes, to be capable in terms of representing their communities. Uh, I sympathize with them because I'm also a public representative. All right. And I think it can take a sense that communities are beginning to stand up and demand what is theirs, and uh, ours would be to respond. Mr. Massina, I've got 30 seconds for you. Yeah, I'm very brief. Uh, I agree in terms of uh, basic requirements for people to become councillors. I think that will uh, help us, you know, to make it easy in terms of capacitation. But also very key, Kathy, uh, they must resist uh, political interference as much as they can if they want to succeed, because that is the killer, uh, political interference. Thank you.
Let me thank you both for your time this morning on the Talking Point. Our Municipal Watch feature will continue. We'll have part two of it. And this time, Salga will take us through uh, some of that training that they provide for the councillors as well. Uh, so sorry to have to leave it there. Uh, that's all we have for you today on the Talking Point. Sakina Kamwendo up next with the update at noon. Sakina, good afternoon.